Well, the, this mes- the message that I have this morning is called the growing season, the growing season. And uh, the scripture is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And the message Bible starts it out in Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in ex- exclamations of thanks to God. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to pray. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep it, would keep at it, and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. There's never been a slightest doubt that God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish. (laughs) So God is at work in our lives, and there is not the slightest doubt that God is not going to complete the work that he wants to do in our lives. And whenever I was thinking of this idea of uh, growing season, I came across this, how to plant a garden. Anybody started your gardens yet? Somebody put, put your onions in and all that kind of stuff, you know. But anyhow, how to plant your garden. First, come to the garden alone <laughs> while the dew is still on the roses. And for the garden of your daily living... Plant three rows of peas, peace of mind, peace of heart, and peace of soul. Plant four rows of squash, squash gossip, squash indifference, squash grumbling, and squash selfishness. Plant four rows of lettuce, (laughs) let us be faithful, (laughs) let us be kind, let us be patient, let us really be uh, let us really love one another. So gar- no garden is complete without a turn up. Turn up for the meetings, <laughs> turn up for service, turn up to help one another. And to conclude your garden, you must have time. Time uh, for God, time <laughs> for each other, time for family, and time for friends. Water freely with patience and cultivate with love. <laughs> So that's your garden, all right. So time, a growing season, um, and and I I think of the idea that um, uh, of of growing and planting, you know, we've entered into our harvest or growing season of, you know, we begin to plant tomorrow being uh, Memorial Day. My dad uh, always said, never plant your flowers before Memorial Day. How many have flowers in? How many thought they were going to be frosted? And my, my wife was reminding me, you know, your dad always said, don't plant before Memorial Day. And I planted them, and they almost got frosted. So, But the idea that Paul is presenting here in, in verse 6 says that you will be in full bloom. <laughs> you will be in full bloom when Christ returns. I like that. That was David McGee translation for today's message. You will be in full bloom. <laughs> you will be complete 
in every way whenever Christ returns. So the idea Paul presents is that when God starts a project, he plans to finish it. So when God starts a project, he plans to finish it. How many find it hard to finish a project? <laughs> what happens? You get started, and then what happens? You think of something else. <laughs> you know, there's something else comes up, another project comes up, you go and do that for a while, and then what happens? Something else comes up, and you go and do another project. How many have a list of projects to do? Okay, yeah. I remember um, I was talking to this one couple once, and um, she was always complaining about him not doing enough, doing his projects, okay? So I had the bright idea to, you know, say, well, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe the two of you don't have an understanding of what you're supposed to do. So maybe you should write down a, a list of things you would like, you know, because he worked all night and she worked all day, so they were not, you know, they weren't home to communicate their needs back and forth. So I said, write some things down. Well, the next time I saw them, they came in and sh he had four pages she had written for him to do in one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was four pages of stuff. I said, do you think this is a lot? She says, no, I could have written many more. You know, it's like, okay. All right. So there are many times there are more projects than we can accomplish. So the challenge becomes to separate and prioritize and, and all those types of things. So if in our Christian life you feel that you're not getting anywhere, if in our Christian life we feel like we're getting started and we get distracted and we go back and we get started and we go back, remember this. God is not thinking of someone else. And God is not passing you by for some other need. God is focused on completing you. God is focused on our individual completion and growth. We're the ones who become distracted in our faith. And whenever we think of the idea that there are more important things to do in our life than to be faithful to God, we are really being distracted by the wrong things. There is nothing more important for us than our relationship with God. And our relationship with God, as we mentioned, you know, about that uh, lady that went behind the Iron Curtain back, you know, some 35 years ago, went behind the Iron Curtain to bring Bibles to the people who were oppressed and persecuted. She would, you know, and she brought out these stories about how the people would have their mind erased and they would still be able to quote Scripture. And it, it's that type of understanding that our relationship with God isn't just something that we make up our minds to do. It's, it's not about making up your mind to be a better Christian. It's about praying that God would help you become a better Christian. That God would help you become the person that he wants you to be. Because he created us with a package. He created us with an intention. You know, he created us with a purpose. And our life then is about discovering that purpose about discovering how that God is going to bring out the best in us to accomplish that purpose. So God has not given up on us. If we get discouraged, it's simply that we've lost our focus. We've lost our focus. 
God hasn't left us, we've left him. <laughs> you remember uh, the story, the, the, the lady was complaining to her husband about how that when we were dating, you know, we always sat together, and how that whenever we went anywhere, we were always together. And this was back when the days when they didn't have bucket seats, okay? You know, <laughs> you know, this was whenever they had a bench seat across the front. Some of us don't even know what that is. But, you know, we have a bench seat, and you always sat in the middle, sat close. You'd see these people, you see two heads together going, oh, they're new, they're, going, they're dating, they're this. And then she said, we were always used to sit together. And now we're, you know, you're over there, and I'm over here. And he looks at her and says, I haven't moved. Well, God looks at us and he says, I haven't changed. <laughs> I haven't changed. I haven't moved. I'm still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I haven't changed what's going on in yourself that has lost the focus and moved away. So remember, God has not given up on you. It's the growing season. Hmm. Too much rain or too little rain, too much sun, too little sun, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong. You know, you don't, many times don't think of it, but uh, I, I think of whenever we were farming, and I think of this with farmers, that whenever they plant the crops, if there's too much rain, the seed rots in the ground. It's moldy and dies. If there's no rain, there's no water for it to grow by. So there's got to be the right amount of sun and the right temperature. You know, the, the ground needs to be a certain temperature. When we were in Maine, they grew potatoes, okay, potatoes, as we call them up in, in northern Maine, potatoes. And they would, they would tell you the number of degree days, okay? What are the number of degrees? They would count the temperature as degree days that they could tell you when the potatoes were the right time to harvest because it had a late spring and a very early fall. And you had a limited growing season, and they would count the number of days, degree days, that, would, that it would take for potatoes to grow. So if you had, they would start at a certain date, and they would reach a degree day in the fall. Because if you waited too long in the fall, the cold weather came, froze the ground, and you couldn't dig the potatoes. And, and if you waited to, in the spring, if you didn't get them in the ground quick enough, if it were a late spring and the snow didn't melt and you had a lot of moisture, you couldn't get in the field. So you were always pressed for these degree days, and farmers were constantly watching the degree days. How many degrees until we can harvest? Well, in our lives, God has a growing season. And our growing season is the rest of our life. And that there are degree days, and sometimes we are a bit cold, <laughs> or too hot, or too moist. Sometimes we lose focus. And the challenge here in Philippians is saying that whatever happens, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God, who started this great, great work in you, would keep at it. God will keep at it. You know, you're graduating from high school. I remember when that happened to me. <laughs> you know, I remember that. I jumped right out of, within four weeks I was in college, you know, going to summer school. And my, you know, 
my family, uh, they bought, you know, I was always the chief bale thrower. You know, we would, ba- we would bale hay. Sorry to remind you all these things I did when I was a kid. But anyhow, I would bale hay. We'd bale 20,000, 25,000 bales of hay a year. And when I left for college, my dad ba- bought a bale thrower. <laughs> it was an attachment on the back of the baler that would throw the bales into the wagon, you know. <laughs> they knew I was leaving, so my dad bought a bale thrower. So they would only have to unload the wagons, not load them up. You know, so why couldn't he do that when I was still there? I don't know. But uh, so I was leaving and they were, ba- they were getting something else. But our life is a growing season. Our life is a time in which we are going to develop and there are going to be times of change. So in the next few weeks and months, you're headed off to the military, right? Some? Yes? No? I know Brian's going to college. I don't know, Trey, where are you going? You're going to West Virginia. He's going to West Virginia. That's where I went, West Virginia, the mountain state. (laughs) Is there four? Three. Three of you? I'm sorry. I didn't miss anybody, did I? All right. So anyhow, I don't want to miss any of your graduation. I'm sorry. But anyhow, we have this going on in our life. There's a growing and there's a changing season. Your parents are going to have a big adjustment, <laughs> you know? Oh, well, we'll see. We'll talk about that another time. So, anyhow, there, it's not over yet, you know? It's, it's part of the process of change. It's part of the process of becoming who we are as a person. So, we do not think of life solely as human. That it's all about me. It's about God in us. We are God's creation and God's planning. You know, I went, to, I went to Salem College in West Virginia, and I applied to one college, got in, and went, okay? But while I was there, I went to a church that was in Clarksburg, West Virginia, and I went to a church, and that's where I heard about Zion Bible College, and it was while I was in college to be a phys ed teacher that God called me to the ministry, and where I heard about the school that I attended that I'd never heard of before. So in actuality, going to college was where I found the call and the school that I should go to to, uh, to be a minister, and it was the time that I met Rhonda. That's where I met Rhonda, was in West Virginia. So co- going to school was one of the biggest changes, but one of the biggest opportunities that brought the, my life experiences took an entirely different direction Not because I stayed there, but because I went there. (laughs) And see, God has a way of working in the little things and the big things or the ordinary things of our life to bring about what we need because God has begun a work in you and he will keep at it, keep working in your life, working in your life, working in your life through every day, every situation, no matter what happens. You see, God is at work in us no matter what happens. Well, you look back over our life. God doesn't look back over your life. He looks at our life where we're at and says, let's go this way. Let's go forward. Our life is in front of us. So God continues his work throughout our lifetime. And our lifetime work will not be finished until we stand face to face with God. 
So we're going to stand face-to-face with God. So we begin today preparing for that face-to-face with God. Not out of fear, but out of love. Because God loves to hear our voice. God loves to see us, hear us, be in fellowship with us. He loves that. Um, how many of you ever been, you've been to the nursery to buy flowers yet and shrubs and all that? Anybody been to a nursery? I've been to probably eight. <laughs> you know, we went to two yesterday with Rachel and here at Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, so in, in the ones down over Stuber's and the other one, I mean, so we made our rounds and I think I have well over 100 flowers planted. <laughs> but um, you plant them, what for? To watch them grow. You fertilize them, you, you know, you sit out there and talk to them. Oh, please grow, please grow. No, I don't do that. So, but <laughs> you plant them, why? To watch them grow. Well, God has a plant. God is planting and working in our lives so that we would grow. And the experiences that we have is it's a growing experience. It'll be good for you. That, what, that doesn't kill you, it'll make you, make you better. I don't believe in that. Uh, God is at work in our lives to work in our hearts. So we see you plant things to watch them grow. God has a purpose for you to watch you grow and to become. And it's not over. Because you're not standing face to face with God, so you have still have room for growth. How many know that the person beside you has room for growth? <laughs> yeah. You know, we even have seeds that we brought back from Canada. We went to Canada last year and at this botanical garden we were up at, and it was, I mean, talk about beautiful. It, they had, I think they had 50 people who worked there every night in this botanical garden. Not during the day, but all night long to work in these gardens and these beautiful bushes and flowers and everything. It's just spectacular. So, of course, I'm going to plant some of those, and I'm going to have a botanical experience. <laughs> <laughs> what doesn't kill the plants will make them grow. So. so God is at work, and he has planted the seed of his word in our lives. God has planted the seed of his word. And whenever we come into challenges in our life, we're going to have the security of those seeds that have been planted in our life to make us grow. In um, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4, it says, you were, you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. All of us, the body of Christ, every individual is called to go in the same direction. We're going to heaven. We're going, we're on the way to heaven and we're on the way to spiritual maturity. It says, so stay together. Stay together in this grouping, as it were, as the body of Christ, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. So we have God who is with us, working in us and through us. Everything, everything, everybody say that, everything. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with this oneness. 
Everything is permeated by this oneness that we have the same God. Now, we belong to one body. We are united under Christ. He is the head of the church, and God has given you those abilities and purpose for your life. He has given it all to you. And it is those promises that are in your life that cause you to become the person that God wants you to be. Now, we have, as we graduate, you know, college, high school has been a preparation. Now it's been a place of torture. <laughs> you know, after you don't know who my teachers are, my friends, you know, you know, it's not, it may have been a place of torture, but I can't tell that. But anyhow, God is the place of where you go. There's a story, and bear with me as I tell this story. I told it once in person. I said, what on earth is that about? <laughs> so I'll try and, and tell the story correctly. There was this ghost of a person, okay, shadow of a man. And on his shoulder was this dark lizard. And this lizard walked with this guy everywhere, the shadow of a man. And this lizard would always have things to say and whisper in his ear. This shadow, this dark lizard would be, you know, well, question everything that he did. Would wonder, would, you know, challenge all of his thoughts. And everything he went to do, there would be this challenge. Do you really want to do that? Is that really important? Um, does that really matter? Is it really going to make a difference? And so the shadow of a man was constantly in going back and forth with this discussion and, and, and never really getting anywhere, but always being challenged. And then the shadow of a man met God. And God said to the shadow of a man, you've got to get rid of the lizard. And the man thought, well, this has been my constant companion. This has been part of me for all my life. I've always kept this lizard on my shoulder. It's been with me everywhere I go. God said, you've got to get rid of the lizard. So the man said, finally said, okay, God, you can have the lizard. God took the lizard, broke its back, and threw it to the ground. It then became a horse, a white horse. And the man became a man and not the shadow of a man. And he got on his horse and he rode into his future. You see, our thoughts should be the things that support us and carry us, not challenge us and question us and bring doubt. Because the shadow of a man is the shadow of what we're just the shadow of ourselves with our doubts and with our fears and with all the things. But really, the thoughts and intents of our heart should be the things that support us and carry us. The, the thoughts of our life should be supportive. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. These are the challenges of the word, the seed of God that is in our heart that supports us and enables us to go forward into our life, and we become a real person, not the shadow of what we are. But we become the person God created us to be. Verse 7 says, But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. We're all going, you know, one God, one Lord, one baptism, all going in the same direction. He says, But that doesn't mean you're going to all look 
and speak and act the same. This means that you're all going to look like me and talk like me and act like me and be like me. What a terrible place this would be. <laughs> You'd all be bald. Yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> you know, I asked, of, I asked him over here, I said, the, the glare from the, the windows is not blinding you, is it? You know? <laughs> so the idea is that there is more to us than just us. It's, it's a person that God wants us to be. So, so we don't all look the same, we don't all speak the same, we don't all act the same, verse 7. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. Out of the generosity of Christ, we are each given our own gifts. You, I, each one of us have our own giftings. We all say, I have special giftings. Ready? I have special giftings. Ready? I have special giftings. How many believe that? <laughs> he didn't jump up with both hands waving. Yeah, Pastor, I got that. <laughs> we all have our special giftings. Say it. I have my special giftings. We're going to keep saying it till you believe it. I have my special giftings. Do you believe it yet? I have my special giftings. Okay? You have, the, the, the moral of the story is you have your special giftings. Okay? We got this. We have special giftings. It says it right here in the Word. I'm not making this up. Out of, out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. Out of the generosity of Christ, God gave to you a special gift. The text for this is, He climbed the high mountain. He captured the enemy and seized the booty. He handed it all out in gifts to the people. It's saying that, that Jesus Christ is the one who hung on the cross, died, descended into the lower parts of the earth, took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he then gave the giftings back to us by the power of his spirit and his word. Is it not true that the, only, only, the one who climbed up also climbed down to the valley of the earth, and the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up to the highest of heavens? That's speaking of Jesus. He handed out gifts. There's that word again. He handed out gifts above and below. Filled the earth with his gifts. Filled the earth with his gifts. Where are these gifts? Where are these gifts? They're in you. In believers. These gifts are in you. I don't see them. <laughs> well, did you open it? You see, you got, we've got to open the giftings that are ours. Believe that God has given us a place and given these gifts to us. God isn't about sending us to hell or bringing us to heaven. God is about living within our hearts and lives that we can become the person that God wants us to be and that heaven is a reward and heaven is our place. We, shouldn't, we don't have to worry about hell. Why? Because I'm focused on heaven. I don't have to worry about the devil. Why? Because I'm focused on Christ. Well, what's the devil doing? I don't know. What's Jesus doing? 
What's this dark lizard saying? I don't know. I'm focusing on the word of God. The dark lizard in the story is robbing us of the true nature of who we are. The giftings of God are about helping us become in full bloom, planting the seeds of his word. The one who climbed down, we got all that, he handed out gifts above and below, and he handed out gifts of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors, teachers, to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within his body, Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. That the body, where we're, all, we're all going in the same direction. We're all going to heaven. But we each have a purpose, and each part of the body functions differently. The head functions differently than the hands, and the fingers function differently than the toes, and the knees bend differently than the elbow, and it's all part of the walking process and the living process, the thinking process, the growing process. Efficient, graceful. Well, it leaves me out. Efficient and graceful. <laughs> I was graceful once. We won't go there. <laughs> In response to God's Son, fully mature adults, growing, maturing, developing, God has a place for us. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. There's a time and a place for us. <laughs> that's not a hymn. That's a secular song. We are fully developed and without and without fully alive like Christ. Without, inside. We're fully alive in Christ. That this is all doing something moving in us. So we are all moving rhythmically, efficiently, gracefully, listening to God's still small voice on the inside, giving us direction and calling our life to follow him. God is about working in us that we become that person that God called us to be. Responding to the warmth of the sun, the warmth of God's son, Jesus Christ, he loves us unconditionally. We are the body of Christ. It's growing season. It's growing season. We all have a purpose. Paul said, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep at it. Think of this for your own life. Think of it for the life of those who are experiencing difficulties in their life. Think of it as people you have never darkened the door of a church. Think of it in the context, God has a great work that he wants to do, and pray for them. Pray for yourself. Take those things. You know what he said about whining prayers? God doesn't listen to whining prayers. Do you know what a whining prayer is? Oh, God, this was a terrible day. I wish it were better. Did you pray about it? I sure did. I told God, this is a terrible day, and I don't like it the way it is, and I want life to be better. How many have heard whiners? How many have heard about whining, complaining? I don't like the taste of this. You know, whining and complaining, and, you know, did you pray? Oh, yeah, I prayed. I told God about it. Whining prayers. I hate whining. Whining, 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 whining. I despise whining people. 
Why? It's cold outside. God, you know, I would come to, I would have come to church today, but it was just cold outside, and I didn't want to get cold and put my coat on, so I just stayed in bed. <laughs> Do you know who holy rollers are? Holy rollers are those who woke up, saw the temperature, put a blanket on, and rolled over. I'm holy enough. I don't need to go to church. That's whiny. No, get on it, get up, and get going. <laughs> you know, it's time to move, it's time to act, it's time to believe, it's time to do, it's time to go. You know, there's time to be focused, there's time to understand. It's time. This is the time, this is the place, you are the person. This is the time, this is the place, you are the person that God has called to be you with your giftings, to live your life with God here and now, and wherever you go, around the world, <laughs> to West Virginia, to Virginia, wherever you go, you're never out of God's presence. You are never alone. God is with you. You are the person. This is the place where God is going to grow in your life, wherever it may be. Take the pressure off yourself. It's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's God and you together. This isn't a self-centered, me-centered lifestyle. This is God and I together becoming the person that God created me to be, fulfilling a plan that he wants me to live. This is his temple. This is his dwelling place. This body is his growing place. And when God is growing in us, it is the power of God working through us to become what God wants us to be, to become that person that God wants us to be. And we're not there yet. How many difficulties does it take for us to get there? Don't know. But we're still in the process. How many high mountains do I have to climb in order for me to get there? I don't know, but I've got another one to climb. How many valleys do I have to go through? I'm sure there's another one I need to go through. But it's all part of the growing process. He has planted his gifts in us. He will bring out the best in us. He has planted a variety of giftings in his body. All are uniquely his. All are uniquely different. You know, if you go to the greenhouse, <laughs> how many different kinds of roses are there? How many different kinds of wave petunias are there? How many different types of tulips are there? I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of different varieties. But they're all flowers? We're all his children, uniquely different, with unique gifts. Refuse to listen to the dark lizard <laughs> and become a shadow of a person through doubt and remorse, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Become that person of faith in which you remember why you're here. God has a purpose for my life. This is part of the purpose. This is part of the calling. This is part of what God wants me to do and to accomplish. And I will ride these things because they are the strength of my life. They come from God. They are planted in my life. And I will reap the harvest 
of what I have planted, of hope, of peace, of joy, of prayer, of knowing that God will do a good thing in me, that he who has begun a good work in me will complete it. God isn't finished with me, but you don't know. Oh, whiny, whiny, whiny. You don't know what's going on in my life. Hello. God does. And he'll just use that as a stepping stone to become that person. And guess what? If the work is great enough, you probably won't be able to complete it in your lifetime. If the work that God wants to do in you is great enough, it will carry on in your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. If the call is great enough, we will never complete it. We will just begin to scratch the surface. That's why we need to grow in the grace of God, plant the seeds and allow them to mature, and they will go far beyond what we could ever think or imagine. I never imagined that going to West Virginia to be a football coach would bring me here. Never. Never thought that going to West Virginia to be a football coach would lead to being a pastor and a speaker, a preacher. Never in my life did I think that. But God has a way of taking us step by step through each situation because we are in the process of becoming. And it is his seed, his word, he has planted in your life. Allow it to nurture and grow. Get rid of the lizard. <laughs> Get rid of the lizard that takes you away from becoming a person and allow the power of the presence of God, the power of the word of God, to make you a whole person, complete, being transported and growing in our relationship with Christ. Shall we stand? Commit our hearts and our lives. Commit them to God. God, I commit myself to you. Amen? God, I commit myself to you. All of the difficulties. My sins, oh God, I ask you for forgiveness. He who thinks he hasn't sinned is only fooling himself. You know, we need to ask God for forgiveness. Every day, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Because I need that. That's the proper soil for things to grow. That's the nurture, the nutrients that I need. Getting out the weeds that will choke out the truth. Allow the word of God to dwell in us richly. Pray. Read the scripture. Know God has a purpose for you. You are uniquely different than those who are not Christians. You have a different standard. You have a different goal. You have a different purpose. Don't allow the shadow of the lizard to create you, make you a, a shadow of a person. Complete who you are in Christ. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers, knowing our needs. Bless, O oh Lord, our hearts and our lives as we come before you in this moment of time. We ask, O oh Lord, that you break the back of those 
doubts and fears that make us a shadow of a person. Give us the truth of your word and the, tr the life of your spirit, the power of your love and the grace and the mercy to face the obstacles of life, knowing, God, that we are, well, you, in us, are well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or even imagine. Thank you, O oh God, that that is still before us as we serve you. And everyone said, amen. God bless you.